Welcome to Followership with Ryan Leak, a podcast designed to equip followers with the tools they need to succeed in the workplace. You might be following or working for a good, bad, or mediocre leader, but the good news is the type of leader you have doesn't have to determine the type of follower you can become. I'm your host, Ryan Leak, and you're listening to episode four of Followership. On today's episode, we have a friend of mine named Danny Kim. He is the director of people and culture at Raindrop, which is a marketing, branding, advertising agency in SoCal. Uh, He's also a Gallup certified strengths coach. Uh, He's also a communication coach. Uh, He also has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. I'm not sure what Danny's not good at, but I'm honored uh, that he would join me today on Followership. Danny, welcome to Followership with Ryan Leak, man. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me, man. Dude, it's, it's, it really is a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm so glad that we got connected a couple of weeks ago. And uh, man, I, I, I want to dive right in, man. I got a lot mm-hmm. of questions for you. Your, uh, your brain is one that definitely needs to be picked. And I think um, a lot of people that are following in today's workforce, man, they could learn a lot, a lot from you. So man, just to get started, can you tell everyone about your role at Raindrop as the director of people and culture? I mean, what, what does that really look like? Absolutely. So uh, if I could summarize what I do every single day at Raindrop, it's to champion the people and culture at our our company. And so Mm -hmm. what that means is ensuring that everyone is at their best and supporting them when they're struggling or helping them think about what their future might look like here at Raindrop. And so Mm. I started about a year ago and it's been a wild journey and uh, it's been incredibly joyful for me, uh, that I get to serve, uh, 50 or so full-time employees every single day. That's Uh, that's my job. They're my clients. And, um, and I love what I get to do. Oh, that's really, really cool, man. Dude. So you, you've got this PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm so curious, you know, what, what were some of your key takeaways even from, you know, going through that program and, Mm -hmm. and maybe man, what would you say is the biggest psychological hurdle you think followers have with their leaders in the workforce? For sure. You know, it's, it's really interesting. So before I started at Raindrop, I was working at a consulting firm and uh, under being mentored by a psychologist and a sociologist. Hmm. And um, they taught me so much about um, human behavior in the workplace, which is what the study of industrial organizational psychology is. Sometimes people think I'm uh, their workplace therapist, not so much, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I, I'm happy to have uh, those uh, deep conversations as well, you know, um, helping sure. understanding that a person is a holistic person, not just, you know, uh, their work productivity. Uh, but the, I think the biggest psychological hurdle that hurdle that I've experienced, um, in my, uh, both, uh, as a director and, um, as a consultant is mm. fear. Mm. And I know that's kind of deep, but fear no. can manifest yeah. in so many different ways. I think fear of self, like self-doubt, imposter syndrome. When I bring people on to our team for the first time, my first conversation with them as I go through the, our manual and some ins and outs of Raindrop 101, I, I, I tell them at the end of my call, I say, you are enough and mm-hmm. you are here for a reason and you don't have to prove anything. 
You just have to be you. And like, you've gone through our entire kind of vetting process and onboarding process and you're here and now you just need to be you, you know, and, and show up authentically. And I think that's a big deal because there, there's a, there's fear, right. From day one, when you're starting a new job, will I be enough? Will I, you know, um, I can't believe people are paying me to do X, Y, and Z. And so, Mm. uh, just giving them that permission. And then as you move up in the organization, there's fear of what will people think about me? Uh, what will my teammates think about me? Am I competent? Am I enough? Um, and then all the way up to really leaders, you know, they have a difficult challenge where, you know, if they do one thing, they're accused of, something. And then if they do another thing, they're accused of another thing. So there's just fear all around. And I think that is a a hurdle that followers need to overcome because one, they need to be their authentic selves uh, and, and, and know that they're enough, but two, um, have faith and, and give positive intent. Because I know that as you move up in an organization, it gets lonelier. I'll say that Mm -hmm. Uh, part of my kind of a general thinking is that leadership is lonely at the top. Yeah. And uh, because they have less people to confide in or there's more pressure on you. And so absolutely. Uh, anyways, just having empathy for leaders is really big. So, so how do, how do they, how do they overcome that? I mean, how, mm. how does, how does one, you know, I mean, I, I know I've dealt with my fair share of sure. fears in my career and um, the more, influence I've been able to, to have over the past few years, I, I would definitely, uh, empathize and agree with, man, yeah, it, it, it has gotten lonelier, man. I got mm. a great group of friends, but you know, before, be- before I had the influence I have now, I certainly had more friends. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so how, how, how do we, how, how do you recommend we deal with that? Yeah, that's good. I think there's several different um, aspects to how someone can overcome fear. I think, first of all, I think people need to begin to have certain rituals or rhythms to help them ground themselves in gratitude. Mm. to, to, to work on themselves. You know, I often say that you are your greatest product in the sense that if you, when you're healthy, you know, when you're in a good place, when you're not fighting imposter syndrome, when you're not mm. uh, worried, if you're enough, you know, uh, if you're, if you're, if you come into work knowing like I'm going to produce and be the best version of myself, I mm. think that that that's huge. That's a huge, uh, hurdle to overcome. Right. So that's one thing that, um, your listeners can think about is what can I do for myself? Like, how do I take care? What can I control? Right. Whether that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, for a a few years, I did a practice where I would journal 750 words every single day. And I just wrote my thoughts down and and I was like, okay, so why, why am I afraid? You know, um, Mm -hmm. I would literally ask, I I had like the, the Socratic way of thinking where I would ask myself questions and then I would give myself answers. So I'd be like, Danny, why am I afraid of this person. And then I'd say, well, this person said this and why, why do you feel that way? And so doing Mm. a little bit of self-work, I think is going to go a long way. So grounding yourself in some rhythms and rhythms and rituals that would help you, uh, ground in, um, yourself and and your being and who you are. And then secondly, I think you have to, like you said, you have to have uh, mentors and friends and colleagues and confidants and partners who are going to be in your corner. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's a pastor or a priest or a a counselor or a coach, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I do a fair amount of coaching as well. So it's kind of one of those, I'm in their corner. I've got their back, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. because sometimes we need that. We need that extra support. That's maybe not your direct boss or manager. 
And then ultimately how you overcome fear is you have to face it. You know, Mm. uh, you don't, you don't, overcome fear by running away. You Mm, overcome fear by facing it. And so I think when you're talking specifically about followers with their leaders, if they're, let's say, afraid of their leaders, I have heard so many conversations where leaders or followers will have a candid conversation and give feedback to their leaders and say, Mm. hey, listen, this is what you said and this is how it made me feel. You know, and Um, leaders need feedback just as much as followers need feedback, you know, and that could be such a learning opportunity and such a synergizing opportunity and and actually can forge your relationships instead of brushing it under the rug. So Mm. I would say face your fears by um, by approaching it, by inviting conversation and addressing it head on. If if uh, I love what you just said, you know, and and I'm just I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of a lot of a lot of our listeners today mm-hmm. that are truly well, their biggest fear is getting fired. Mm. I mean, they, they're, I have leaders tell me all the time, man, I wish my followers were more honest with me. I'm like, the reason they're not is because <laughs> they're afraid <laughs> of yeah. getting fired. So, so what, what would you tell a follower? How, how do they handle that when they are, you know, when they feel like they've got their health and, and benefits and salary mm. in one hand and over, over one critique over being honest. And so they feel like they have to sacrifice authenticity for their paycheck. I mean, how right. do you, how do you, how do you overcome that fear? It's a valid fear. I think uh, fear is complex. Like I said, it, it, mm-hmm. it also requires you to think about what are my responsibilities? Who am I supporting? What does this paycheck help me to accomplish right. in my life? You know, whether mm-hmm. that's supporting a family and putting food on the table. So that's a real thing. Right. right. Um, so I don't want to under underestimate that or undervalue that. I do want to say though, if you're afraid of saying something and then getting fired, you probably shouldn't be working there anyways, because mm. it's not a psychologically, psychologically safe place to work. Wow. Right? It, like, like that, I mean, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. And I think that's what, I mean, and then it, and it becomes, I mean, I mean, in psychology, there's this term called, uh, uh, Stockholm syndrome, where it's basically mm. the idea where you go back to your abuser. And I think sometimes wow. workplaces can function like that because they give Ooh. you a paycheck and you just keep going back, you know? Wow. <laughs> but I, it, I don't think that's true to who you are. You know, wow. if you're a follower and you're in that space, like you need to be authentic to who you are and say, I need to show up and I need to take the step and say, I need to tell them how, I, how it is for real, you know? Wow. Um, and I think if, if followers can do that, they actually step into leadership. That's mm. what leaders do is they step into those hard places. They have those hard conversations and they're willing to put their salary on the line, knowing that there will be something else out there for them. You know, mm. your current job is not final. Um, we know mm. from the pandemic, sometimes it has nothing to do with your work productivity. Sometimes sure. it has to do with the global landscape of economy. And so right. my encouragement would be to followers is say, obviously you have to have a certain level of interpersonal savvy where you can understand, you know, if you're kind of like the person that's always like, you know, arguing or fighting for something, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you don't want to be a sore thumb, you know, um, or right. a bad apple in your organization, but you do need to say, when, when is it appropriate for me to, to speak my truth? Mm-hmm. And when, what, how do I not let the fear of my leader impact my integrity? Mm. Man, you know, that that's, it's, it's so good and it's so tough. 
because, mm-hmm. you know, you and I have had some offline conversations about diversity. Um, mm-hmm. what, what is your exact nationality? Ethnicity? Sure. I'm, so I'm Asian American. Uh, my parents immigrated from Korea and okay. I was born in LA. Okay. So, uh, me being African American, mm-hmm. you being Asian American, mm-hmm. um, our, our listeners are, it's a, it's a pretty diverse group of, of listeners, um, mm-hmm. in terms of the people that I, I get to speak to on a weekly basis and, mm-hmm. and uh, different organizations. Um, I have to imagine that for our listeners of color, if you will, Mm. the, the fear of not just getting fired, but the fear of going, I waited in line so long to, to even be in some of the positions that some of my friends of color are in now Mm. to to start all the way over is an even bigger, like the idea, like I can, I, there's something else out there for me, for them. And that, that fear is like, man, I I stood in line to be where I'm at right now for 10 Mm -hmm. years. I don't know that I have another, another decade. I mean, in in light of the diversity work that you've even done at Raindrop, you know, what, what would be your encouragement to, to that person that, and, and even, even for, our female listeners yes. who have stood in line a very long time to be in their position, you know? So yeah. for them to speak up, you know, it, it's, it, it almost feels like they have a lot to lose, you know? Right. And so, I mean, w- what would you, what, what would you say, say to that person? Wow. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it, bringing it home and, and, and helping us see the, where the rubber meets the road. And that's why mm. I say fear is complex. Right. Um, right. and it's not a one size fits all. And, and I'm not telling everyone to quit their jobs, you know? Sure. Um, I think there is a level of, um, of complexity that we have to be mindful of when it comes to fear. I will say this though. Um, you may want to ask if you're, if you're in that situation, you have to ask yourself, what am I, what am I truly afraid of first? Meaning, mm-hmm. am I afraid of like my boss and my circumstances or am I afraid of my ability to contribute and, <clears throat> and my ability to, to give back and, and, and who I am and what I bring uniquely to the table. And why I think that's mm-hmm. important is because if it's your situation, then you can pick up and move and you will find places to contribute and add value to the world. I, I truly believe that if it's literally a bad boss or a bad culture, like I think you can find other places that you would add value to. If you are afraid of your ability to contribute and you're afraid of yourself and you can't get yourself out of your, if you can't get unstuck from your own self, you know, and, you, and you're your biggest enemy in some ways, I would then say, what would change if you left? Hmm. You know, because I think sometimes we, we think that the grass is greener on the other side and we think, wow, well, if, mm-hmm. I, if I get th- go there or, you know, um, and so I would kind of start processing where are my fears? What can mm-hmm. I control and what can't I control? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you're thinking about your current cir- circumstances, and if you're like, I am feeling like I need to leave this, I need to exit because this is a toxic place to work or my, my leaders are X, Y, and Z, whatever, you know? Right. And it's a bad culture. I would say the best time to look for a job is when you have one, mm-hmm. you know, and don't mm-hmm. wait for it to be too late. 
constantly be reinventing yourself, constantly thinking, what other skills can I develop? What other people can I network with? Who else can I get mentored by, you know? Um, and, and find people that have maybe similar stories to you to be able to then find solidarity in and get advice from. And mm-hmm. so it's a tough place to be, man. I mean, I, I have to walk that line too. And I feel extremely, um, fortunate. Um, I would say that I have so I've had so many resources in my life. So, mm-hmm. um, and so I can't begin to say like, Oh, I've worked my way up from the bottom because I had so mm-hmm. many resources, but my parents did, you know, and, sure. and, and, but I say that only to say that I want to encourage folks that when they are in position of power or whether you're a follower or a leader, I hope that, um, we can use our power and privilege to support and lift up those that are under, um, are usually in the non-dominant, uh, culture. Yeah. And so my, my intention has become, how do I help those who are first generation college students? I'm going to be yeah. for that. How do I help, uh, women and, and, uh, my BIPOC community? Mm-hmm. How do I, uh, intentionally put in front of people who are typically of power and privilege and have those candid conversations and provide opportunities for for dialogue. You know what I mean? And so mm. I, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's no, what I'm sure. trying to do is trying to become an ally, an active ally in, in some ways and an advocate. No, I think, I think that's huge. And I think something that you, you've, you've said so much that I could, you know, we could mm-hmm. get <laughs> off in the mini rabbit trails on yeah. imposter syndrome and, mm. and, and some other things you mentioned. Uh, but one of the things you, you just, you just said um, about this idea of going, Hey, being, being aware of what you bring to the table. Um, and I, I know that you, you're a Gallup certified strength coach, Mm -hmm. you know, I I guess one of the questions I would ask of you is how, how important would you say it is for a follower to understand their strengths Mm -hmm. and understand what they bring to the table and how, how do, how do they do that? Totally. So I think, um, there are several different assessments and personality assessments and psychometrics that people can take disc Myers Briggs, Enneagram, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, you're certified in. So I think all of them have, uh, different flavors, but the Mm -hmm. goal is to show you, show the individual, the uniqueness and, and unique perspective that you bring to the world. Mm. And I think that sometimes people use it like almost like a horoscope and they're like, Oh, I've got these five words or like mm-hmm. I'm a nine or I'm an eight or whatever, you know? Right. Um, and they kind of like, they, they literally, it's like, it's like a, a name card. And then that's mm-hmm. about the extent of it. But right. if you do some of the deep work, which is why I like actually the Enneagram, because it talks about your fears, right? Your, right. your basic fear, your basic desires. Oh, for but sure. If you, if you can start leaning into some of the ways in which you're naturally wired, it does two things for you. Number one, it gives you more permission to be who you are, knowing that you are unique. Like your perspective is unique. What you bring to the world is unique. How you operate, what motivates you is pretty unique to you. That's what a lot of these personality assessments do. Cause it's like, we don't all think the same. We don't all have the same tendencies. But the second thing I think that's really important is it gives you permission to be who you're, to not be who you're not. Mm. So that you don't that's have good. to pretend, you know, like I think that's part of the fear. It's like, sometimes we have to pretend like, like there's so many years where in my early, early on in my career, where I felt like I needed to be more organized. 
Hmm. I needed to have better handwriting and I needed to pay better attention to uh, typos. And I like killed myself trying to just like, trying to just be better at that. I was like, oh, oh like yeah, I would kill man. myself when I'm I missed the you. comma, you know? I'm with you. I'm I was with like, you. I, and then I took the strengths finder and I was like, man, that's just not what I'm good at. You know, like mm. I'm a visionary. I'm, I'm a big picture guy. I'm going to put me on a stage and talk to people and, and bring yeah. them to, you know, movement and change. And, um, and, and so it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I just, need to hire someone that's like really good at that. Like someone that's like organized, meticulous, like finds the typos and not get mad when they point it out, but to be like, thank you so much for helping me see my blind spot. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I need for sure. you know? And so I think that hopefully like part of addressing your fear is naming, kind of just naming and claiming like, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the world. Mm. And do I believe in myself? Right. Cause right. a lot of people will actually believe it for them. Right. like a parent or a spouse mm-hmm. or a friend will be like, Oh, that's totally you. And like, you're like, ah, no, I don't see that in me, you know? And so first step is like, can you own it? Can you believe it that right. you actually have something unique to contribute to the world? And then two, it's like, okay, well, what are the things that I'm not that great at that aren't my priorities that aren't the most life-giving that I don't lose track of time doing. And how do we mitigate that by partnering with others and finding resources and solves, you know, software and programs to help you overcome some of those things that maybe you aren't naturally great at? Yeah, man, I, I, I think that's great. Uh, I, I love it. Um, last question is is really about Raindrop. Mm. You know, I I love what your company stands for, the values that you guys have, you know. Um, what would you say in your role, mm-hmm. um, how, how, do, how do you go about instilling those values? How do you go about making sure that the values at Raindrop aren't just words printed on a wall? Mm-hmm. You know, cause I, I visit with clients and they always sure. have, you know, it's sure. an acronym. It yeah. spells something. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's like- but, you, but I mean, it's, it sounds good, but how, how do you guys take, you know, what's on paper and bring it to life within yeah. your organization. I agree. So we have three values. It's very simple. Create strategically, partner generously, and own your own future. Mm. And I think that partner generously and own your future actually speaks into what it means to be a great follower, you know, and a lead, great leader, mind you, you know, but I think it really allows followers to be like, this is what I can give is I can give myself away. You know, I can partner generously. I can stay later or I can, uh, you know, step up when there's a need. And then when we own your future, it's like, okay, how how do I own my future? I have to get, I have to get out of my own way. You know, Mm -hmm. I have to like actually believe in myself. I have to like try something new and fail a couple of times, you know? Um, and, 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 and so I think the way that, um, we really try to instill our values is, Mm -hmm. Um, every week at our status meeting, um, with all of our employees, we try to embed them throughout our status, not in a cheesy way and being like, okay, don't forget partner generously, but we actually tell Mm -hmm. the stories of people of how they're partnering generously. Right. So like, Hey, um, you know, people will submit these shout outs and oftentimes they're embedded in these mm. raindrop shout outs. So it'd be like, Hey, thanks so-and-so for the partnering generously. When you came to this, the set and you brought X, Y, and Z, like right. we couldn't have done it without you. Like there's cool. these moments where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, like I, I, I'm telling, I think people and leaders need to tell the story. 
if that makes mm. sense. Like we need to give it flesh. And I think that, cause we are inherent storytellers and story receivers, you right. know, and that's how we remember things. And so, um, I think that's one of the key ways in which we try to instill that. And I think it just really fits well. And I think the, this question is nice because the own your future aspect of following is like followers aren't necessarily like the idea of followership. Isn't like someone's just going to tell you what to do and you do it. I think the the premise of followership is to become a leader. Right. And so what that means is I have to think intentionally about how I behave, what I say, what I do, you know, how I respond, how I receive feedback, how do I care and partner with other people? You know, how do I receive advice from others? And Mm -hmm. I think that is actually the core elements and aspects of a a leader, truly, Mm -hmm. you know, and so they're actually pretty synonymous. um, But the goal is for followers to to, to turn into leaders and to remember that um, it's a continual journey along the way. I love it. I love it, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day in socal uh mm-hmm. i'm sure the weather is amazing there uh it's not too bad in texas i heard it's snowing <laughs> in minnesota I know other parts yeah totally oh, dude snowing in october is just uh, unbelievable not okay. but, but yeah. dude, thank, thanks so much for your time today man i really appreciate it you're brilliant by the way i mean uh, you just it, Ryan. you just have um I, I feel like i could ask you questions all day long but i, I don't want to take up uh, all 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 of your day but dude thank you so yeah. much man you've um you've been a blessing to Thank uh, you. all of the followership listeners today. And, and uh, man, I really, really appreciate it. So, hey, all you listeners out there, thank you so much for listening to episode four of Followership with Ryan Leake. My good friend Danny Kim was on here dropping knowledge. Uh, the show notes for today's episode will be on ryanleake.com slash followership. Um, if today's episode added value to your life, hey, do us a favor. Why don't you go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, or share with a friend. Until next time, have a fantastic day.